What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And we hope that this podcast helps you move forward in faith wherever and whoever you are. Okay, so let's get into today's conversation. Well, hey there, everybody. My name is John. And I'm Noelle. And you are listening to the Transformation Podcast. The Transformation Podcast is a new podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City Church exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And today, Noelle, Mm. we're talking about money. Okay. Money. The moolah. It ain't about the money. (laughs) Ooh. We, I was like, Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about the song for listeners. If it ain't about the money, there you go. Don't, you know, give him grace. He's a pastor. Y'all. Yeah, it's all right. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I was like, <laughs> my, okay. My, so initially when I was thinking about this episode, I was like, okay, well, we're going to start off with Noelle and I are going to play a game where we're going to go back and forth of who can quote the most song lyrics about money. Okay. But I don't do music, mm. and so really? if, if you couldn't tell from my do you bastardization, not do music of that, or a certain type of music. No, 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 you no. Like I just musicals and I things. do like musicals, so I could do yeah. So here, let's let's try it. Let's do it. Ooh, I didn't. Okay, uh, no. Well, All you right. just did one. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going down in flames. Uh, money, money, money from Mamma Mia. Shout out. <laughs> This I just to get quoted rough, y'all. Abba. Um, more money, more problems. I don't want no one. They want. Oh gosh, me. you know who should really be doing this? Who is our guest? Yes, yes, he's <laughs> sitting there chilling, leaning back. <laughs> Lean back. That's not about money, though. All right, uh, Noel, just let's go for it. <laughs> Introduce our guest for today. Okay. I've already embarrassed yes. myself enough at the beginning of this My episode. My goodness, so. <laughs> So like John said, y'all, we're talking about money today, and in our studio, we don't have an audience, but we have a studio. Um, today, we have our lead pastor, Jared Stevens, here. What's up? What is up, John? You're fired. I have to tell you, <laughs> I hate to do it on this format, <laughs> I bet, and I'm sorry to do it in front of our friends, but that, the fact that you led with a music, a song Ooh. from a music from Mamma Mia, I mean, it is from ABBA, it's from the 70s. It is also from a musical. There's also a song called Money, 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 Money. That might yeah. be. Money, that money, might, money, money. Okay. That might have been a one that you could have done. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. I can bring the vocals. Yeah. No, Y'all I, just need to bring the knowledge. All right, I just rehired you. You're back. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, on a preliminary <laughs> basis. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're a yeah. trial run. It, that's right. That's trial right. run. That's right. <laughs> so, yes, we're, we're talking about money, you all. We're, we're having a good time, obviously. Um, but I was going to say, since you're a DJ, you you know all about the money and yeah. songs. And in songs, yes. In songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in songs. Let's be careful. Songs. He's also a pastor. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. That's in harsh. Harsh reality. Right there, you all. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, but okay. So our first question, just to get us off about money, and I want to also talk about our backgrounds with money. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, are you a spender or a mm-hmm. saver? Mm. I would say I am a cheap spender. Mm, okay. So of the two, I would default to spending, and it's on cheap stuff. It's got to be on sale. It's got to be marked down. Mm. Uh, Jean and I are very different in that regard. She's a buy the nicest, like buy the good thing, and it'll last you for years. Mm. 
And I'm like, well, let's buy lots of cheap things that'll last us for a short amount of time. <laughs> so that's that's sort of uh, that's sort of where I would fall. Okay, oh nice. What about you? John? Me? Oh, I, well, clearly I know nothing about money anyway. <laughs> but uh, I think for me, I'm definitely a saver. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm slowly changing my ways towards more what Jeannie is and that uh, as I get older, I'm like, no, I'll, I'll definitely drop drop some coin on, on something that I really like and is very, very nice. But otherwise, I'm like allergic to spending money. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Allergic mm-hmm. to spending money. Um, yeah. I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> never suffered from that. I never suffered. Um, <laughs> allergic? Don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm... I'd say I'm a spender. Yes, I'd say I'm a spender in moderation. Okay. Not necessarily on cheap things, but uh, in moderation. I, I go on a spending spree, catch me at Sephora, mm. catch me at a sale, Yeah. catch me eating out all the time. I'm working on that, though. So I, I do spend in a lot of um, different formats. Yeah. Would, you spe- would you say you spend the most on, <coughs> like, well, not anymore, not with COVID, but, like, eating out at restaurants and things like that? No, I mean, no. I'm a black woman, so <laughs> um, I'm going to spend money on my hair. Okay, I'm going to yeah. spend money on my nails. Uh, and not all of us are the same, but we like to spend money on things that make us feel good about ourselves. Come on. And so, therefore, I spend, and that's okay. Yes, you it know? is. And, but I said in moderation, so I do yes. save, too. You mm-hmm. know, you got to pay your bills. You know, you don't want to get your hair done over your bills, but, mm-hmm. you know, in Come moderation. On. I love it. No, well, you don't spend, you invest. Ooh, That's I right. That. that was a word. That's the Holy you Spirit speaking. You invest in oh, yourself. Glory. Yes. I'm an investor. <laughs> <laughs> in That's me. In me. That's I right. invest in, look, I mean, I don't got no kids. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm no one's no one's mad at you. <laughs> you don't no, have to defend it here. <laughs> Literally, no one said Y'all anything else. <laughs> I've already been fired. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be afraid. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You all. So, okay. We know whether it's been save or all that good stuff, but where does that come from for all of us? What does that background look like? Um, how was money? Let's just start off with a question. How was money talked about in your household? Uh, well, I'll start. Um, it, what, we didn't talk about it a lot. I, and so I never really kind of knew how much we had. Do we have mm. a lot? Do we not? Um, everything was covered. So I'm really grateful to my parents that they found a way both my parents worked. And so everything was covered. We were like, we didn't really want anything, but we also didn't really go nuts on anything. So I never Mm kind of knew like, are we good? Like, how are we, how are we doing? Yeah. And my dad was um, a hustler, like from like birth, like he was hustling. And so money was always like this, you know, mystery of how, you know, he'd kind of move it around and we'd, he'd be invested in this, but then we wouldn't, then we'd have a really nice vacation, but then this year we're not going to go on a vacation. So it just, I never knew sort of where things were at and, mm-hmm. and mostly just because we didn't talk, we just didn't, we just didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about saving. We didn't talk about giving. And again, it's no slam on my parents. It's just, we just didn't really, I don't at least remember having those uh, conversations. And again, we were covered, everything was fine, but we just, I didn't ever know where we we're at or what it was all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was the same for me, I'd say. I kind of knew that we were uh as I would say like comfortably middle class mm. so much. Like that's what I knew of my of my family situation and money situation growing up. But yeah, it wasn't something that was talked about as a family. Other and what I overheard and what I sort of received was that 
you know, money was not something that was going to hold me or my sister, or any of us back from doing something necessarily, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like easy. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you want to buy this or, oh, you want to do this? No problem. Let the bills fly. It was like, oh, you want to do that? We're going to do our best to make sure that happens. And we were lucky enough and privileged enough where most of the time the answer was, yes, it can happen. But there, what was made known is that there was a price to be paid, mm-hmm. not to, you know, make a bad pun, but there was. There was mm-hmm. a price to be paid if you wanted to buy something or go on a trip or join a sports team that was expensive or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Um, that's good. I, I'm saying wow because you brought up, like, this idea of class, which has a lot to mm-hmm. do with money and how you think about money, but also, like, the privilege of doing things. Um, and when I think about answering this question, I would say my background's a little bit mixed because um, my family's very communal, so we will have each other's back. If people need money, like we will come in together and, you know, put our money together Mm -hmm. and work it out for someone. But it's also, I had a background of like, my mom is super resourceful. So she'd find community programs and things like that. So money for me was like, I didn't care if we had it or not, as long as you were having fun. And my mom would be like, girl, we was Pope. (laughs) You didn't know, but. I didn't know because you were so resourceful and finding Mm. all of these different things. And my family worked collectively Mm. to make sure that everyone, you know, if you wanted to do something, we'll work together. If you need this bill covered this month, we'll work together. So I guess it, it came up in my household. Well, especially now that I, when I transitioned from childhood I was like, okay, money is something that's communal that everyone can work together to have. But now as it grew into like my own family, my dad is very, um, he's a hustler too. So Mm. he, he will hustle and hustle. And I also saw money that way of like, yeah, we can, we have money now, but it's not your money. And Mm. I work really hard for this money Mm. and I want to make sure that you work hard as well. And I will Mm. support that, but I want to make sure you have that work ethic in you as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a blend of like communal, but also, you know, you have to put in a, a lot of work and you have to have money coming from multiple sources mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Jarrett mentioned this a little bit, but I'm interested for you, Noel, was money talked about from a spiritual perspective or a faith perspective? Because I know like we learned last time your grandparents are yes, pastors. Yeah. My grandparents are pastors. So yeah, if they listen to this, I think I might have to download Spotify for them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they are pastors. And so tithing was very important. Um, once I got a job in high school, my dear for at a bagel shop, mm. um, <laughs> great American mm. bagel first well, job, the best low key got fired, but <laughs> oh, whoa, <laughs> such is life. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so tithing was super important, giving mm. God 10% to the building fund, um, that we had, or 10% to how a church is ran, um, was very important for us. But in terms of like, um, I didn't have like a a blueprint of like 10% to this and then 20% to this, but it was more like, make sure you just give that 10% and then you can do with the rest, what you want and figure it out from there. Yes. Figure mm-hmm. it out from there. Yeah. I want to talk about the tithe and the 10% at some point on this podcast, yep. but we'll Ooh, get there. We'll get if, there. If it's necessary or not. Well, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Noel's <laughs> opening up a whole <laughs> new one. <laughs> In. Sorry. Uh, no, I, d- I just want to have a conversation. Around. Around. I want to have a conversation. Around it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tithing, um, was a big thing for us. Uh, how else can we talk about money? Yeah. Um, current relationship with money. Yeah. I th- t- to me, uh, currently it is, um, 
I'm incredibly grateful for what uh, Jean and I are able to earn, you know, what, what we have and what we've done with it. We've just taken an approach uh, with our kids where we're pretty open mm-hmm. with our finances and pretty open with, um, you know, where things are at without, without, you know, guilting like, well, if you want to do this thing, you know, it's really going to put us back. But we're like, okay, well, that costs this. That means that we're going to have to adjust something else somewhere else. If you want to do that, that's awesome. It just means we're going to have to adjust this, that, and the other. So, you know, one of the the big shifts for me, going to the conversation we had last week on on drifts and shifts, a big shift for both Gene and I was to learn that money is a non-emotional entity. Mm-hmm. That was massive for us, that money doesn't have feelings. I have a ton of feelings about it. Mm. I have a ton of, you know, value that I ascribe to it and thoughts that I have about it. It doesn't have any of that. It literally has none of that. And when I get that, you know, when I kind of got, oh, this is a tool. This is a resource. This is a way that I can honor God. I can bless my family. I can bless others. I can, you know, enjoy life. Like, oh, it's just a, this is just a tool. This is one of many, many tools. I think it, it shifted, you know, a relationship. I had fear around money, you know, especially in our early part of our marriage, like, oh my gosh, we, we don't have any money. Are we going to be able to do anything? Are we ever going to be able to save? And, you know, then as we began to make more, it's like we could have easily jumped onto like, oh, we got it. Let's just spend it, you know? So to just remember it, it is a non-emotional entity. It does not have any feelings towards me, but I have, you know, often usually a ton of feelings towards it. So we're, we try to be pretty open about it and not give it any more power than it deserves in our family. Mm. And, I, you know, we'll see if that, how that plays out in 20 years with our kids. Yeah. Can, can I follow up? So we want to make sure that we're transparent and going for it. Going, so going in. Do we, and, I, and I understand having that perspective and even having the opportunity to think that way. Is that more of a, a mindset of like privilege where we don't have to think as hard about how we navigate money? Um, because of where we are. Cause I think about like even not even myself, but the families that I negotiate with and talk with on a daily basis where money is such like, that's everything. Like mm-hmm. I don't have anything. So money is, I want to get money or I, I want to, um, have money for my kids and I'm navigating all these different things. And so, yeah, just how do we, just how do we, do we think as a collective, is that more of a privilege for all of us to have that mindset in money if we do? Yeah, I th- I think that's a really great point because that that is a that is a tricky thing mm-hmm. when you you know it's kind of like the to to go away from money to use a different not exact parallel example it's like well you know health health is very important but God will take care of you it's yeah. really easy to say and then your family member gets cancer mm. and then it become like it becomes it just takes on a different level when yeah. you are in serious dire need for it. And, and yeah, it, there is a, a certain extent to which um, it becomes more important, I think, for certain people or in certain situations or even in certain seasons, uh, certain people in certain economic brackets. But there also is, a, I think, an overarching truth that money can become an idol and can become all too important for anybody, r- yeah. regardless of how easy or difficult it is for you to come by. But, but those are two conversations that, that I think overlap, you know, Mm. there's the spiritual conversation about money and there's the physical conversation about money and those both matter, Yeah, you know, it's tough. Yeah, no, yeah. I was just thinking, I'm like, well, even, I feel like even having the opportunity for myself to, 
to think about how I want to think about money because I have access to it or mm-hmm. I can hustle to try to have more. But then I'm just like some people, they don't even think about how to n- negotiate money, how to strategize money. They're just like, I'm trying to get it as much as I can. Yeah, just to um, get by. Just to get by. And right. so I definitely want to make sure that like I personally acknowledge them mm-hmm. in my own dealings, even though that's a heavy weight to bear. And I think that's I'm always going to have that weight. But um, yeah, and I'm just thinking about it from all of our perspectives too. Yeah, because there is a certain mm-hmm. amount of um, awareness that comes with that. Yes. You know? Yeah, um, it's hard. A- and a, a perspective that you gain that helps actually, I think in what you were talking about, Jarrett, of removing, you know, the emotions that I feel around money yes. are often due to my yeah. perceived lack. Yes. You know, yeah. but my my lack compared to others in my own city, even others in our country and especially around the world is, is very minimal, Mm. you know, and that, that helps, that helps me deal with those emotions a little bit, Mm. realizing like, wow, I'm, I am freaking out over being able to afford something that is uh, just non-essential to, to my life. You know what I mean? I think that's, it's helpful in that perspective sense as well. Well, I would add to, Mm -hmm. yes, that's true in, in lack and also it can do the same thing in plenty Mm. and you know i think we can all you know like look at some like true hollywood story or some Mm. celebrity burnout story where they had a ton of money and put a ton of like confidence in it like i'm good i got this i can do whatever i want i mean we're we are seeing sort of you know on a daily basis at least here in america that like the gross abuse of Mm. the uber wealthy at you know not certainly not all but Yes. You can totally put your faith in, well, I don't have to worry about anything because I got money. Yeah. And in the same way, I've given power to money, just like I would in my want or in my lack to say, well, if I just get money, then I'll be okay. You know, also on the other side, you can say, well, I have money, so I am okay. And I think both of those are giving unnecessary and undue power to a thing that is literally just a piece of paper that has value, obviously, in our economy, but has no emotional, it doesn't, it doesn't have any feelings towards you. It doesn't give you a second thought. It just is a tool. It's a, it's a part of a tool. So I think you can you can do that on any sort of at any point on the sort of financial spectrum. You can yeah. put faith in, or you can put greater value in uh, what you perceive money means mm. versus seeing it as oh, this is a tool, whatever or however much I have, for me to do the best that I can do to leverage it for God, for myself, and for others. Mm. Um, so easy easier said than done right yes. i mean that's that's mm-hmm. the right answer <laughs> living that out is uh, a trickier thing yeah and this might be taking us too deep too fast but i think for certain uh, uh, certain folks and not necessarily just those who you know are are po with two letters you know but uh, any anyone <laughs> there there could be this perceived idea i don't know idea. if anyone's guest and uh, i know you can't tell over the podcast john is white uh, i just want to put you. it out there yeah, i know yes. a lot of you were wondering made in the image of jesus <laughs> let's go lord of mercy um <laughs> Oh, but the idea being that like money is we're having these conversations surrounding purpose this month mm. and money or a lack of it or, you know, whatever it might be, is the thing keeping me from mm. my purpose. But uh, just to center us again on what we talked about last week, it, this idea of the purpose being to love God, to exper- to know experientially the love of God and to love others in the same way that is not contingent on an amount in a bank account necessarily yeah. you know and I think that's a that's a sobering reminder for anyone regardless of what it what it might look like mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah. 
So today, I want to I want to sort of structure this conversation in a way that has been very classic throughout contemporary church history, at least, and that is, you know, the three buckets of money. Jarrett, you've taught on this oh, yeah. many times. Uh, the the idea of live, save, give. These mm-hmm. three main buckets. Obviously, there's a lot of nuances underneath it, and you can talk to your financial planner for those things. Um, but the three main buckets. We are not here to give financial are, advice. No, you definitely don't want it from me. And you, and you don't want music advice from me. Um, <laughs> Poor John. Hey, it's fine. Poor I'm John. I'm willing to be the Perot in this. That's fine. Um, so live, save, give being the main three buckets. Jarrett, as as you know, the person who's taught on this the most, just tell us about those buckets. Give us the two minute version of that sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and I've expanded it. There's now, John, two sets of three buckets. Wow. This changes everything. And so, two, you know, Hold two on, let sort me of, my notebook. Yes, two sort of ways of looking at this um, that are basically kind of saying the same thing. So, yeah, the, the sort of traditional um, biblical Christian teaching around it is, you know, reverse order from what you suggested, but the exact same thing. Give, save, live. That the idea is, you know, it's this idea taught throughout the old Testament. There's lots of theological debates on, you know, percentages and all that kind of stuff. The idea is I set aside a first fruit or I set aside, you know, this first portion of whatever it is that I earn for God and for the work of God in the world. And, you know, that has traditionally been like to giving to a local church. It could be to a faith based organization or nonprofit that you, Mm. but it's, I see the work of God, and I want to invest in that first. I want to give back to God as a way of recognizing that every good and perfect gift that we receive comes from the Father of Heavenly Lights who showers his blessing on us. Like that is, I get it. This is a gift from God. So I want to give back to God. And the first piece is important there, I think, um, because knowing myself, talking about drifts last week, um, you know, left to myself, I will drift from that and go like, yeah, 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 I'm totally going to do it, totally going to do it, totally going to do it. And then it's, after all the bills are paid, after the whatever is bought, all the things are done, it's like, oh, shoot, I forgot God. And so it's a way of, you know, so we talked about it this last week a little bit, if you missed the episode. It's a way of doing an external thing to grow an internal thing. It's also a way, you know, when it comes out of an internal place, it becomes an external practice. So that's the give one. And then the save one is I take a percentage and I, you know, today I choose to invest in tomorrow. I set aside something today for tomorrow. This is Read the book of Proverbs. You'll see this everywhere. A lot of ants and sluggard references uh, through the book of Proverbs. But, you know, the idea is I'm not just going to live for today. Trust God for everything that I have in my life. But I'm going to also take responsibility to do the thing that only I can do and give, you know, to my future self. I'm going to invest today in tomorrow. So that's the save one. And then the live one is, you know, the way I used to think about this and used to live and used to teach this is, you know, then the rest is just for me. You know, it's just me, my family, just to live and go nuts and you know, not go nuts, but you know, like it's whatever, you know, it's like <laughs> I did the give part. I did the save part. Okay, cool. We're good to go. And a real shift in, I think, spiritual maturity for me is, yeah, that's entrusted to me. How can I honor God with all of that as well? What does it look like to honor God in how I buy clothes? What does it mean? What does it look like to honor God in our groceries? What does it look like to honor God in how many times we eat out? What does it look like to honor God in how I tip servers? What does it look like to honor God in whatever, you know, how I eliminate debt in my life, the percentage to which I go after not being indebted to anyone? You know, how can I look at the rest as 
opportunities to bless and honor God. So that's give, save, live. The other, I mentioned that there's, you know, three other buckets that say basically the same thing. And the, the way of thinking of that is um, it's in reverse order, but today, tomorrow, eternity, you know, mm-hmm. so that today mm-hmm. is the, the live part. Like, what do I need for today? What do I need to spend for today? Tomorrow is the save part. And then eternity is the give part. So kind of inverse, you know, a reverse order there of give, save, live is today, tomorrow, eternity. Kind of thinking in those terms, what, how am I investing in each of those buckets in my life? That's great. That's helpful to frame this conversation. Because what I want to do now is I want to dive into, I want to plunge into each of those buckets cool. if we can. I want to swim in around bucket. in it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Uh, so let's start so with bobbing for apples in those that's buckets. It. That's <laughs> it. Bobbing for dollars. And apples are godly wisdom. Mm. Is that correct, oh. John? That's good. Hey, just keep going with the metaphor, please. I feel like you weren't supposed to have the apple. Is that? No, you get the apple. That's the point of bobbing for apples. No one should be bobbing for anything anything in COVID. This is true. (laughs) No one should be doing any of that stuff. Most of the stuff you do at a fair, you should not do during COVID. Definitely not. No, except funnel cakes. Yes. You should definitely do those. Totally. But uh, I want to I want to spend some time with each of those mm-hmm. buckets. So let's start with the give bucket, the conversation I've been looking forward to, um, or the eternity mm-hmm. bucket. Uh, I'm we we've heard from Noel kind of how we were sort of taught growing up about the tithe and and all of these things. Uh, Jarrett, do you have anything more specific from like your upbringing? If I know you said it wasn't really talked about very much, the same was true for me. Yeah, I think for me, you know, it was. Uh, you know, if you take some stuff to church, take some money yeah, to church, exactly. it's like whatever you kind of exactly. got or, or here's some money. And my parents are going to like, yeah. Hey, here's a couple bucks throw yes. in the, you know, the thing. So it wasn't even really mine to, to give, but yeah, that's kind of how we approach it again. No fault, no shade on my parents, but that's kind of, that's how that happened for me. Yeah. So, and so the, tra- the traditional and, you know, has been argued for a very long time, biblical, uh, sort of precedent for this giving is the tithe, the 10%, the magical 10%. I'm really interested, Jarrett, in like what it, what is the right amount? Is is ten percent that right amount? Where where does that come from? Uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, it comes from the Old Testament. There's a couple different references to a, a tithe or a tenth, um, kind of as the way that that would translate to give back to God. And there's different ones. It's referred to as your income, and in other illustrations, it's referred to as of your crops, you know, you sort of set aside your this animals, first. your lifestyle. Yeah, 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 which, you know, all of us have so much of in our lives these <laughs> days. And so, you know, that that idea was, you know, and when you look at it in the context of the Old Testament, what God was establishing was a way of life for people. And so at times when you stand back today in light of grace and, a, and an empty tomb, you can look back and go, man, the Old Testament seems so rigid. It seems so like the Ten Commandments and the you know, 400 laws and the about 10% and all that. And what God was doing was establishing sort of building in principles to his people and for his people to, to where it became natural and a part of their life. You know, does Jesus ever talk about a tithe? No, he never talk about a tithe. You know, he does give an example when, uh, you know, there's a Pharisee giving at the temple and he makes a really big deal about how he's giving and, oh God, he gives. And then there's a little old widow who, you know, just gives essentially like a penny. And Jesus says she gave more out of the abundance than this guy did out of, you know, out of, you know, she gave out of her want versus what he gave out of his abundance. 
do we know that that was 10% of her annual income? No, we don't know. <laughs> it's the spirit of the thing where Jesus says, no, she got that even in her lack or in her want, she still chose to prioritize uh, giving and trusting God with what he entrusted to her. So, you know, to me, I think where, and just to, you know, rag on Christians a little bit, I think we can um, use that argument debate as a form of avoidance or resistance. You know, it's like, well, should it be 10% or, you know, I've grown up around church, so I've heard it all. It's like, well, is it of like my gross earnings or is it of, you know, it's like, is okay, this pre-tax or is this pre-tax or post and, you know, <laughs> okay. What I, that to me is, to me, that's just a way of potentially conceivably avoiding responsibility. Yeah, it's or, a way of hiding or an opportunity to go, Oh, I just need to set a priority. So, you know, what we've always taught here at soul city is, a percentage, a portion, like, but be intentional about it. Set it aside, set it up. Cause we have folks in our church who give, you know, and I don't know what they make every year. And, you know, I would imagine some folks give 1%, some folks give 20%. I mean, there really is all over the board for people. The key there is to go before God and say, what is it that you're inviting me and compelling me to do, to give? One of the things that Gene and I set up to do when we started the church, you know, we, we had, I mean, we literally cashed everything we had in to start the church. We cashed in our, our savings. We cashed in our retirement. We sort of just, you know, slid all the things across the table for this church. So we had uh, very little. We didn't take a salary. We were the last folks here to take a salary of the first batch of folks who started the church. So it was about 18 months in, you know, our board of advisors was like, okay, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do this. You know, you gotta take a salary at some point. But what we had set aside before we had any salary, any income, anything like that was we want to grow our giving every year. Year over year, we want to give more next year than we gave last year. And that's been a fun challenge for us to sort of reorient our lives and, and get creative and also make sacrifices and cuts to hold to something that we felt God gave us even when we you know, were not having any significant steady source of income to be able to say, no, we, we want, we see that this is all a gift from God. And so we want to just grow our giving uh, year over year. And sometimes that looks like a significant percentage. Sometimes it's a half a percent given sort of, you know, the demands of our life and what's going on in that particular season. But it's for us, it's just been a challenge. Like what if we kept going? What if we just kept doing this year over year, you know, as our kids get older and, you know, like wh- where's this lead to it? To, to us, it's kind of exciting to think, to trust God at a, at a level like that to say, we want to keep growing this. Now that's just for us. That's not for everyone. I'm just saying for us, we wanted to take it more as sort of a, a challenge of faith an adventure of faith to just keep trusting that God will always provide for us and to be faithful uh, to give. And it has become to us, it's become bedrock. It's become like this. There's yeah, there's no, of course we're going to, to do this. And, the majority of our giving is to this church, but there's other great organizations here in Chicago, World Vision, that we support and we love to give our resources to, and friends who have you know unique opportunities to travel and do work around the world for God's like, yep, we want to support. We want to be able to support you. We want to be able to give uh, to the work of God where we see it popping up. So that's what that looks like for us. Yeah. Long answer to I think your question was just <laughs> on the tithe. Is that right? <laughs> no, but I I appreciate it. And Leave I think it it's to a pastor. Leave it to a pastor. But I think it's appropriate <laughs> and it's it's what I it's what exactly I would expect from you is that we lead with this question of how much is the right amount? You know, we we want the very quick answer. But again, not to keep calling back to our conversation last week, but if you missed it, you should probably listen to it hmm. at this point. Uh, it is, you know, we ask an external question 
when really the question that that Jesus constantly asked people was an internal one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was what what is the state of your heart? It's really about fostering a, a more and more generous heart. To I love what you said, the work of God in the world. Because my next question that people often ask is, well, is it does the whole ten percent have to be to the church, and then and then anything else is just it, it can go anywhere else? But the ten percent has to be to the church, or what's the right? you know, balance between the church or there's another organization I really, really care about. I, I love that, that, you know, you, you say a percentage towards the work of God in the world. You know, I think yeah. that's a, that's a really helpful free for me, at least freeing guideline to yeah. have. Yeah. Know? And I would, I would go ahead. Noel, oh, no, I was that. just going to jump in and talk more about the heart of the matter, how you're talking about Jesus's heart. But um, I think my, all, my own challenge is, to not give from a place of wanting to receive something from God. So Mm -hmm. I'm giving that 10% just so I can, you know, get a new car, get something or come on, double, double down, God, let's go. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm putting this down. This means Mm -hmm. next week Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a check in Mm -hmm. the mail from no one I know. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think just coming with a heart that's open to like, I know that this money is going to support an organization to support a church that I believe in and that's doing the work of God. And I see the evidence in my life um, and God wants me to support them financially. Um, But just making sure that I'm always doing a heart check and being like, I hope I'm not giving just to make sure that I keep getting blessings. And this is the only way that God is going to bless me um, if I give my money. That's good. Yeah, I I think, yeah, you're right, Noel. I think it's that shift of, no, God already has blessed me. Yes. And I yeah. want to give out of that versus I'm giving so that he will. It's like, no, he already has. What do I want to do with it? I was just going to say, John, on the, the church piece, does it have to be the local church? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say vested interest here. You know, the spoiler alert, we're, you know, <laughs> I have a vested interest in church work. The reason we have personally decided to give the majority of what we give to God to the local church is we've just found few organizations that serve people at so many levels in such a tangible way, Mm. you know, that serve kids, that serve um, the community, that serve people's spiritual needs, that serve, you know, whatever it may be, like the multifaceted way that when the church is, is really being the church that God longs for it to be in the world, it's an incredible investment and it goes a really long way. Like I said, there's other organizations that we give to that focus just on providing water for folks, clean water for folks. Like that is incredibly specific. We love giving to World Vision. We love supporting them. There's a lot of other great organizations like that. Um, but, you know, their, their mission is pretty clear. They're, and what they do is incredible. We love giving to Breakthrough Urban Ministries, which is an organization here in Chicago. Their mission and work is very, very clear. The reason we love to give to the church is because it has such a, you know, magnitude of effect in reaching people at so many different levels that to us, it's just, it's an incredible investment for us into the work of God. That's great. And I want to highlight, I want to have one tiny Bible nerd moment for the person who's listening. And then I want to move on. But for the person who's listening and is like, no, the 10, the, all the 10% or whatever has to go to the church. The, one of the biblical precedents that you're talking about is is specifically that the, the tithe, the 10th, is spoken of that it has to go to the Levites, who were the priests. It's the closest thing they had to a church, but mm-hmm. then also to the widows and orphans, orphans. Mm-hmm. who were not at all a part of the temple system whatsoever. And so I, I, I think it, it is more of that biblical precedent for what you're talking about, of the work of God in the world, much of which it should flow from the local church, but it also exists outside, outside. and auxiliary from it. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
So, Jared, can you give us a little insight on how you think saving is also a spiritual practice? Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, again, outside of the references throughout the Bible, and, you know, there's plenty of, you know, Jesus is teaching on don't worry about tomorrow, for mm-hmm. tomorrow has enough yeah. worries about itself. God provides, God takes care, absolutely. And there's also teaching within the Bible of be a good steward, be wise today for tomorrow, plan yes. today for what you cannot foresee tomorrow. And so that's really where saving comes in. And, and that, you know, I think it would be um, out of bounds for any pastor or church to say, here's how you need to save. You need to put it into a 403B. You also need to get an IRA. Like that's, leave that to the financial like professionals. Financial yeah, again, planners. we are not <laughs> financial advisors. Um, but the the idea is that I am, I am, I want to be able to say to, you know, I want my future self to be able to look back to my present self and be able to say, thank you. You know, I want Jarrett in, in 20 years to go, man, thank you. I know it wasn't easy. I know there's a lot of other stuff that, you, you know, were more, was more pressing, but you put this away so that, you know, on this day, 20 years ago, your kids or your grandkids or your whatever uh, would be able to, you know, reap what you sowed. And so that's kind of where the saving piece comes in. It's, it's a way of, of, it's that tomorrow piece. You know, it's like, I want to put aside something today that my future self will thank me for one day. Yeah, that's good. Um, and you already jumped into my next question about this future self and preparing your life for whether it's your future family or just you as an individual. Um, and it made me think of um, my creative writing teacher in high school, which wasn't that long ago. I'll jump on that joke before Stop anyone it. else gets to <laughs> it because I know they come at my age on here. Stop but <laughs> but yes, my creative writing teacher had us um, write a letter in our junior year of high school. And then he said, five years from now, we're going to send it. I'm always going to send these out to you. And he ended up passing away in that time. But five mm. years later, I still got that um letter sent to my house my mom opened it and she said girl i see hi noel from noel who what <laughs> that's very funny <laughs> she said, wait I, and i had to close that up i know what that was but that was me from me but i think it's so great because i talked about who i was and then i talked about who i wanted to become so i mm, do see cool. this like transition of preparing yourself for who you want to be because that's how you're going to get there mm-hmm. you know if you don't prepare now or don't do the things you need to do now how we have them in the future. It's just not by chance. Yeah. Um, some things are, but in this case, we're talking about being strategic about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do it's, it keeps coming back to the thing. Do the thing that only you can do. God's going to do what only you can do. Do the thing that only you can do. And that's one of them. I mean, it's today is like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I could win the lottery tomorrow. I don't, I mean, I'd have to buy a ticket to do it, but <laughs> you know, that could happen or we could have a significant health issue in our family that drains the resources that we have. But what I want to do is I want to put something aside today for that day, no matter what may come. Cause I don't know, I can't control what may come. And so, yeah, that's, that's the, the idea behind it. And I, this is the one, you know, I think this is the one I wish, um, cause giving like we talked about, like, I knew that that's a thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, here, you know, whether my parents gave me a couple bucks to put in or there was some change that I gave, I wish this was one in that, I wish I could, my today self could go back to my 20 year old self and say, mm. no, but do for real. Yeah. Put some away now, hold, you know, set it aside now, start those things now, get those things growing and accruing now. 
and can be consistent with it and then don't mess with it. Just let it be there because you will think, I wish I would have gotten on that train sooner. Yeah, and I feel like that just takes a lot of discipline too. Again, we Absolutely, and wisdom a, and help and support yes. and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And my 20-year-old self would be like, no, I need to no, get this right, now. Right, right. Which I, I'm still in my 20, but. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> okay. When you talked about getting that five years, age. five years from your junior year, I was like, "That was what was that last week? When did you get that last <laughs> there week?" There it is. There oh, it is. I see. I was They're coming for you. Ahead of this, you all, and yet he still snuck one in there. Uh, but it's fine. It's okay. Cheap shot. But either way, I do think it does take a lot of discipline to prepare for something you don't see. And yeah. we're pastors in here, y'all. The fruit of mm, yet. Mm, mm, <laughs> Gotta mm, hit that fruit. Mm. Yeah. You know, you don't see the fruit of it. And so you're, and we have all of these um, visuals of the tree or anything that's planted, and you don't see the fruit of it growing or something you maybe, you know, you start at, at your organization, but you leave after you see it to its fruition. And so that does take a lot of um, faith and hope. And you, it's an investment. Again, you're speaking to an investor. So I'm talking about investment in yourself yeah. and your future. So, yeah. well, yeah. And not to, to, to go on and on about it, but I, I think we're, we are firmly in a moment where we are a reaping culture and mm, we are not yes. a sowing culture. Ooh, that's good. And I think, you know, in this particular moment is, well, I'm just going to get what I can while I get it and get as much of it while I can, while yes. I get it. That's, you know, if that's all fine and good. But I think we, have lost a vision of what it means to sow and not see mm. the fruit of that for however long it may, but to be faithful, to keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing, knowing that one day I hopefully God willing, I will see the fruit of that, but it's hard in the, in the, in the culture, in the, in the microwave instant culture that we live in to go, no, I'm going to set this aside and I'm not going to touch it for 20 years or I'm going to keep, you know, pouring into this and putting into this. Um, that takes kind of going against sort of the cultural stream uh, that we currently are living in. Yeah, and you miss the, like we talked about before last week, the journey. Yeah. That, and that's where the wisdom comes in with the journey and over time. But I, I, I see it myself even in church culture that I follow on like Instagram. And you see th- things happening quickly for yeah, churches. And right. then they drop the book and then they drop the this and then they drop the this <laughs> right, and that. Right, right. And you're just like, oh, wait, wait, I, I can't even keep, keep up, up, you know, yeah. because I, they're, they're pouring out a lot of things, but where is that time to be with oneself? Where is yeah. that silence? Where is that? Oh, it's not going to happen in an instant, right. but that's hard to hear. That's very countercultural. Totally. Um, and that's what we're supposed to be as Christians, but that's hard to actually be yeah. in. So. Yeah, I agree. Noel. Yeah, that's great. So let's move on to bucket three, live. This is today. This is where we get into the immediate financial pressing needs that show up on your doorstep. We're talking about the bills, the telephone bills, the automobiles, all of those. You see automobiles. Good job. You guys, you guys, can you pay them though? I'm being discipled (laughs) by my two friends here. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this. So, I mean, it doesn't need to be explained what necessarily types of things fit into this category. Um, but, but maybe, uh, for those who might be new to this conversation, w- what fits into the today category outside of the bills you have to pay? Yeah. I mean, it's D all of the above. Like yeah. it's like outside of giving to God for, you know, the things that are eternal and then saving for the things that are of tomorrow. The, the live side is everything else then. Mm-hmm. And that can, you know, that includes obviously like bills that includes, um, 
you know, needs that you have groceries and rent or mortgage or car payment or whatever it is, all that, it includes debt. It includes paying off debt that comes out of there uh, as well. So yeah, it's kind of like everything else. It includes eating out at a restaurant, taking care of your hair, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. else it mm-hmm. might be. Buying, buying some cheap bracelets on Amazon. There you, that too. <laughs> there you go, my guy. <laughs> and so, so here, you, you brought up earlier when you were explaining these three categories, you brought up, you know, what does it look like to honor God specifically in this category with, you know, how I tip or how often I choose out uh, to eat out or, you know, whatever it might be. And that's a really, really interesting conversation to me because I've heard a million sermons on the tithe and giving and the importance of that. But there, there, in my experience, there seems to be less teaching mm-hmm. around what does it actually look like to honor God and to, to build and bring God's kingdom with how I spend my money and where I choose to buy my clothes and where I choose to buy my food and all of these things. And the, and it never made sense to me because the, the giving is around 10%, you know, as we've talked about, whatever God leads you to. And the saving is, you know, maybe 10%, 20%, 25%. The majority of it is the spending. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. it just seems to be a massive hole for me. And so I'd love for us to have a, 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 a conversation around, you know, wh- what does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? Do we even think about it that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this, this is a, you know, all these years into it, a growing edge of discipleship for me is, is what does it mean to actually, to really do all that, I, you know, in all that I do to honor God, in whatever, whatever it may be. And that includes the way I spend my money. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's uh, challenging. I think it. I think it, it. It gives pause to go. You know. Okay. Is this. Is this really how I want to spend my money, or is this uh, a, a way that I want to spend my money? Um, you know. I mean, the, the good news is that we're in a also in a cultural moment where people are having a real awakening and awareness around ethical you know, manufacturing and food production and, you know, sustainable, renewable, you know, all, all this stuff, which is great. That's like, yeah, well, let's pay it. You know, I think we just lived for so long of, well, we got it. So who cares where it came from or how, or who got hurt in the process of bringing it to my table or into my life or who really pays the price for this outside of the price tag on it. And so thankfully, like our culture is having those conversations. And so I think this is just one way spiritually to go, okay, how, what does it look like? How can I honor God? How can I enjoy, you know, life and, and be able to enjoy things like a good meal out or enjoy, you know, be taking a vacation, but also how is it that I can honor God in those ways? What, what would that look like? And, you know, you can get, you can go way down the rabbit hole and, and, you know, get, get yourself all twisted in knots of, you know, well, do I, does that mean that I have to, you know, only buy from these certain kind of restaurants or I only have to buy from Christian t-shirts or I don't don't know, like, I don't know which route you're going to go down there. (laughs) And I just think it's, it's more of a, it's, it just give yourself a pause of, am I honoring God in the way that I spend the money that he's entrusted to me? Or how can I honor God? That's how can I honor God? Like, what would it look like to be able to bless? So maybe for a meal, it's, how can I pay for someone else's meal? Like, wouldn't that be great? Like to be able to, yeah. when I'm having this meal, I'm going to spend this money out. I'm going to enjoy this time. 
And I would really love to just cover their meal and not, and, and just be a way to bless them. How cool is that? Yeah. You went out and did a thing you probably would have done anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what a cool way to bless someone and just to cover their meal or, you know, like we talked about tipping a little bit ago or, or, or choosing to not use services or, or not use products that you go, no, this actually, I don't believe that the, the practices and bringing this product to my life honor God. So I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to support it. That is a way to choose to honor God when how you use the money that you spend on a, on a daily basis. And again, lots of room there to, to be open and curious and available to how God might be prompting you. Yeah, but I think the awakening that needs to happen for so many and that, you know, has been happening for me in the last several years is is just that an awakening to asking myself that question. You know, each time I, I go to swipe the card or I go to check out online is really asking that question of like, is is this honoring and trying to search the source? Because the reality is, is like there are, you know, we can be tempted to think, well, I've I gave to the church, I saved, now the rest is really mine to do whatever I want to do with it. But I I would argue, and I don't want to sound legalistic, there are ways of spending that money that are not honoring to God. There are ways of spending that money, there are many ways of spending that money that are not honoring to other humans, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think just like beginning to ask those questions and beginning to do even a minimal amount of research for me surrounding the products that I buy and the clothes that I wear. It's, it's just, it's fascinating. You know, it's like, wow, I could really honor God and other human beings simply by choosing to, to buy my socks from this place rather than this place. That's so simple. Right. Like I'm I, going back earlier, like I have enough money and I'm privileged enough where like I, I can you choose can to buy choice. the thing that right. that is a, yeah, that can be a privilege. No, yeah. no doubt about it's that. A, it definitely is a privilege. Mm-hmm. But if, if I am in that position, why wouldn't I do that? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I, I think for me, like, um, especially, I mean, I already do, um, a lot of investing with my spending, but, um, I, I definitely saw a lot of people over this past summer and now investing in a lot of black owned restaurants when um, people became in more awareness of the racial injustices in the world. And so even as simple as that, it's like being culturally conscious as a believer and being like, Hey, I might've not invested in this community before, but how can I learn about this community and invest in them? Because they also share the image of God. And so how do I um, continue to support them. I'm not always the best personally, um, and being conscious of where my clothes come from, but, um, just being more mindful of that. I think those are great, like practical steps, but it's also, it takes a lot of the Holy spirit leading because again, I'm, I go straight to, well, no, I just need the one, two, three, four, five right. steps. Just tell me, uh, tell me the numbers. Tell me, tell me the, yeah, right. Just, well, I don't exactly. want to have to think that hard, yeah. but then again, if, I think we've become accustomed to that. And so we don't let the Holy spirit lead as much. And so we miss those opportunities to be led like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't order out. Or maybe like you said, I should cook a meal for my family and check on my grandparents and check on my great aunts and uncles who live two miles from me just to make sure that they are eating. Mm -hmm. Can I buy them groceries? And so it's not always um, cut and dry, but it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it goes back to, you know, what we've been, what this whole conversation is about is that money is it is a spiritual matter and it, it leads to a spiritual practice and not a list of do's and don'ts with your money, not ju- not just a list of best practices, but also what that does to transform 
you internally. Yeah. What managing your money in a God honoring way does to you as a human being yeah. is, 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 re- is really the end goal. I think at the end of the day, that's the, that's the point, you know, yeah. is, is the, the, in, that inward transformation and then your spending can actually, and your saving and your giving can actually bring external transformation in our world as well. Yeah. Crazy how it all works. Yeah. And we can actually hop into the, we've already been talking about the practical things that people can do. And um, before I ask you this question, I think I can say that even just taking a moment to think about how you spend your money and think about how you give to other people if you do or don't um, is a good step to just being practical. And that's what we're saying. Just take the time to think about your resources, your privilege or lack thereof, and how that can impact other people. But um, Jared, and John, um, for the practical, is there one thing that mm. we would say people can do f- today? Mm. Like they listen to this, they hop off the podcast and they go wherever that they can do to get on purpose with their finances. And what would you say that would be? Mm. Um, I would say, I would say get help get support that aligns with the values that you have around money. And um, that can cover a lot of things. I mean, that could be as simple as get a financial planner. That could be, or well, sim- that's not simple at all, but you know, that, that, that would be an obvious next step. Like, oh, what if I got a financial planner? Can I afford to get a financial planner? You know, all that kind of stuff you have to weigh through. But is there, is there some form of support that you can get? And it might be a book. It might be a, a podcast. It might be... You know, we offer regularly, it's been a little different with COVID, but we offer budget boot camps and we offer money wise workshops and we offer all kinds of stuff as a church just to help give support to people. Cause it's going to be different for every, just like the three of us had totally different stories and experiences growing up around money. Everyone's got that and different realities with the current realities around money. So I, I think that would probably be the thing for me is, is, you know, if I want to take a step and I'm open to God leading and, and I want to honor God with what he's entrusted to me, whatever that may be, uh, how can I get some support, some, some wisdom, some folks that can help me set my life up in a way that really honors God the way I want to with my money? That'd probably be the, the thought that I'd have. I, you know, I don't, it's not like go listen to this sermon or go, it's, I think it's, it's support's going to look different for all of us. But I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made is thinking I can do all this on my own or I have to know all this or have this all figured out. And I think even going back to what we all shared about what we learned in church about money, what we learned to our families about money, it's like, who, who has this all figured out? Like, yeah. we all need support. So that's probably what I'd offer. Yeah, I, I think I'd offer two quick things. One, maybe for someone, like you're talking about, who's newer to this idea of money being a spiritual matter and God caring about our money. One that's maybe for the type of listener who has kind of already checked off a lot of the Christian boxes of handling their money. So for someone who's maybe newer, uh, I think engaging in any sort of generosity, any amount, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said before, a percentage, that might be a percent. Yeah. Like, but set it up so you don't mess it up. Yeah. Set it, set it up, you know, online a recurring gift of one person, like something and just, just to be, just to dip your toe in that pool. Um, that's what, you know, Aaron and I did, you know, the first year we were married, we're like, we can't, we don't feel like we can do a full 10%. So we started at like three Mm -hmm. 
and we've tried to increase it. And that's just, I think that's a great place to start as well. And then for someone who's maybe checked a lot of the boxes, um, I would say something that I've done recently is I've chosen an area of my spending to really focus on. I'm going to try in this year to honor God in every way that I spend. And for me, it's, it's clothing in this year. I'm like, I'm going to try and do my best to honor God. Um, and hopefully in years forward, I'll, I'll attack other forms of my spending as well and try and get those, you know, a little bit more in line. Um, but a very practical thing, if you're looking to build a more ethical wardrobe, good for you, the good for you blog or good on you blog is fantastic. They have all brands and it kind of shows which brands have more ethical practices with humans and production and animals. It's just a really great practical resource for someone who's looking to take a next step in that. So, yeah. Oh yeah. And I think I added mine, but before, um, like I said, just being conscious, just taking a moment to sit and be like, and, and I think that's going to be a theme throughout, but just Mm -hmm. taking a moment to sit and be like, what am I spending this on? Maybe I should take my card off of the Starbucks app. That's for me, but if you also <laughs> resonate. I don't know. That's a word for anyone else. I don't, I don't know if that's a word. I'm not a pastor, <laughs> but I'm feeling that pastor vibe up in here. If that's a word for you, but my goodness, it just, it's like it automatically oh, does yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, it doesn't even ask. It, it just doesn't even oh. ask. Yeah, and then I just say, might as well. Might go as well. Ahead. Well, you so, already did it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, might as well. Look at all the rewards I have. <laughs> I know. I get a free one. Um, that's a struggle for somebody. I felt yeah. that yeah, in yeah, the I appreciate listeners. you naming that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just being conscious of where your money goes and then letting the Holy Spirit lead you is, is exciting. That's so good, Noel. Your next Starbucks is on me. Oh, so. oh, oh look oh. at he see he's already being generous. Uh, look that's at that. it that's right good. there. That's a good one. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, we want to thank our guest, Jarrett Stevens, the honorable, the DJ. Thank so you. Thank you for, for having me back. Yeah. I know that it was a lot of travel to negotiate to get me here. So I appreciate your team. It was incredible. Cool. It had been too long you since put you've me been up. On. I really love where you guys put me up this week. So thank you so much for doing that. We got you. As always, we want to thank our fantastic producer the man himself mr julian come on now julian (laughs) we want to thank all of you our listeners we're so grateful for you yes and i have a task for you all i'm always going to ask that you subscribe and leave a review if you can we want to make sure that other people have access to this podcast and transformation for themselves yes and make sure you're following soul city uh, on all the socials and you're pointing at me Jerry. yeah I think in the reviews if people just gave John some songs that have the Please. word money in them maybe just that's how they could just give leave me some music just each review just yeah or oh just music goodness. yeah that's good John culture me yeah help him. Me. help him help just, him I'm just help him reading novels all day help you know him. and <laughs> musicals like Mamma Mia hey cheers if you don't read those but watch them I guess yeah come on uh, Jarrett once again will you will you close us out Well, John, I will, and I'll give the benediction that we give every week at Soul City Church. So we pray that God would wreck your life and your finances. That checking account, that savings Savings account, account, that 401k. That's right. Wreck it all with his incredible (laughs) love and grace. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. For more from Soul City, including teaching, giving information, or to join us for any of our weekend gatherings, visit our website, soulcitychurch.com.